This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in a almost icy Ocala, Florida. <laughs> You're listening. I'm Jamie Jennings in, in Phoenix, Arizona. You so distract me when you talk about your weather. <laughs> like it's 32, and everybody else is like, it's 20 below. We hate you. <laughs> um, I'm Jamie Jennings from Phoenix, Arizona, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 3rd, episode 1844, brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Big Wednesday, the day you face your own biggest challenge, the day you risk it all, the day you either distinguish yourself or fade into the crowd. Hang on, we're hitching a ride. Daddy? I want another pony. I put 40 hours in this weekend, man, it's only Wednesday. I've been cussing this damn heat all day long, there's got to be another way. So I pick up my guitar and I ride so... Uh, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. It is almost snowing here in Florida, believe it or not, in parts of Florida above us from Gainesville up. They're, ha- they're having a major ice storm and snow, so... When you can say it's snowing in Florida, you know it's a cold front. That's cold. Yeah. That's cold. (laughs) Well, we have a very exciting announcement. Uh, We, as the Horse Radio Network and the para-riding community, have a very exciting announcement. We are doing a fundraiser with them next Thursday night. That's the 11th. We want you all to join us. It's going to be on video, two hours live. We're going to do it. It's going to be a talk show type of show where we uh, interview a whole bunch of the para-riders. We're going to be doing this from Wellington. I'm heading down to Wellington. It's going to be hosted by our own Reese Koffler-Stanfield of the Dressage Radio Show and Samantha Clark of the World Equestrian Game Show. They're hosting the event. We're going to be interviewing and telling the stories of a lot of the paras, including our very own auditor and my good friend Charlotte is going to be there. So, uh, Jemmy's going to be there helping out. Hi, Jemmy. Jemmy's here this morning. Um, she's going to. Jemmy has the big role. She's producing. She's going to be the director. She's going to walk around and keep everybody in line. Uh, we're going to give her That's a bullhorn right. and uh, she'll and a whip. <laughs> she'll be good to go. Uh, but we're very excited about this and a clipboard. And I don't a clipboard. know what I'm going to have on it, but it's going to be important. Yeah, that's right. I am going to get your clipboard. Um, it's going to say director on the back. <laughs> so <laughs> we're doing this uh, for two hours from seven to nine Eastern next Thursday night. We would love for you to all to join us and you know may, if you can contribute a little bit. The money that is raised is going directly to the athletes who are competing at the World Equestrian Games and also the para drivers who are competing at the Worlds this year over in Europe. We did this, Jamie, this was pre-you, actually. We did this back in 2009 for the WEG in 2010, and we did it to the Alltech TV studios in Lexington, and we raised over $10,000 in two hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we had back then we had four phone lines because nothing was easy back then. Doing live video was 
very difficult because YouTube wasn't around. So uh, we had a lot of support from the media in the horse world, and I hope, we're hoping to get that again this year. And it, we had four phone lines. The paras were, all the para-athletes were on the phones taking the pledges, and they were busy the entire two hours. Uh, it was it was a neat event, and we thought, being that we're coming into WEG again this year, we would do that for them again. And they're all in Wellington right now showing for the next couple of weeks. So I'm going to be down. Jemmy's going to be there. Reese is going to be there. Samantha's going to be there. And a lot of other people that you know will be there, and you'll get to see us all on video. Uh, and you'll get to hear some of these amazing stories that uh, these riders have have and had the things they've had to overcome to become Olympic level athletes. So I'm very excited about it. We'll have more about it on Friday. We'll give you all the details of where you can listen or where you can watch it. Uh, we'll also put it out on audio in case you can't watch. You can listen on our live feed. So there'll be multiple ways that you can participate in this event. So, and who doesn't want to help our para riders, uh, you know, who, who are kind of underfunded and, uh, you know, who go through a lot to do what they do and do it so well. Jemmy, what is on today's show? Wait, hold on. Before you yeah, go to I'm, that, yeah. now, Glenn, I'm starting to understand why you said what you said yesterday morning before the show. Um, and this is something that Jennifer recorded and we played on the show, Jimmy, and I know you didn't listen to yesterday because why would you? I wouldn't. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I tried. Want, this doesn't always work out. <laughs> as the producer of our show today, I need you Jen and I need you in on a certain something. So this is a clip from Glenn when he didn't know he was being recorded. Oh boy. The next harebrained idea I have, you both have to tell me no. No, no. <laughs> That's from yesterday. <laughs> but so. then, you know, Jemmy is partly responsible because one of the harebrained ideas was to do the travel show with her. So yes. I blame her as part Again. Of yeah, we need hey, you to be part I, of the I solution. I have an idea for a show all on my own. You just—you're the one who asked. Hey, please let me be a part of it. That's on you. <laughs> That's you. you. That's on you. That's on you, Glenn. No, no, no. I—I <laughs> I should uh, make sure the mics are not on when I talk. You had two harebrained ideas. That's one. What's the other one? Oh, I've oh, had many. God, don't don't <laughs> get me started. How it'll fill up the dang show, and we got to move on. So, come on, tell us what's coming up on today's show. We'll talk after. Give me a call. Okay, it's a deal. It's a date. Got it. All right. <laughs> so, on today's show, uh, Ann Jamieson talks about her new project, A Horse in Your Inbox. Auditor Tara gives us a new product review on the Ovation Extreme Helmet. Jen catches up with Dr. Cubit for a health segment on winter forage. And Jamie shares your question for Swirled Problems, which is always a good time. Tells us about how she is now training horses for free in her neighborhood. What could possibly go wrong, guys? <laughs> and treats mm. us to Chapter 15 of the Opium Equations. So you don't want to miss any of it. The pack show is always today, guys. And speaking of today, today is Humiliation Day. So <laughs> Apparently it started already. If you try something new, if you fail miserably, and you completely humiliate yourself, just tell everyone that you're celebrating. I can need to give Jamie a reason to humiliate me today. What? Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate that. You're uh, welcome, Jamie. You I, Jamie, welcome. I got to tell you a quick story. Jamie, over the break, called us up and was so excited. And I got to tell you, I don't know <laughs> too many people who have done this, but tell everybody why you were so excited. Okay, so long story short, um, I saw a couple people get a, a couple scratch-offs, and they didn't really win anything. And But I was like, you know what? 
I can't remember the last time I did a scratch off. That looks fun. Like exciting. a lottery scratch off ticket ran- thing. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever done one. And I really? just randomly decided to stop. Yeah. Wow. And my I don't think I've ever ever done one. So I decided to randomly stop and get one. And so I just got one. I'm like, well, if I'm gonna go get one, I'm gonna go big or go home. So I got like a I think it was like a twenty dollar ticket. And uh, I scratch, start scratching it off and looking for mi- matching numbers. And I didn't see a matching number, but I saw this like little coin symbol thing. I'm like, well, what's that? <laughs> I looked down on the instructions and it says, whatever is the coin, something you win automatically. You're an instant winner. I'm like, ooh, what did I win? So I start scratching off the prize. Jamie, I won $500. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, and I need it so bad. <laughs> Who wins? I don't know anybody that's won more than a hundred. I know a couple of people that won a hundred. I don't know anybody that's won five hundred dollars on a ticket. That's amazing. I taught Man. Lucas how to gamble, and when he sees those, the, we have the scratch offs in like vending machines at the grocery stores here, and he'll go, "Mom, mom, mom, I need a dollar." Yeah. And then, so of course, I've taught him how to, you know, I taught him how Does to he gamble. Get to pick to track, his own. He gets to press the button, and I let him as long as it's it's it has a one dollar underneath it, not the twenty dollar. Yeah, right. like. <laughs> like Jimmy does. <laughs> And so we win about a dollar on each of them, but never like anything big. So do you cash that at the store? How do you get, Thank do they you. give you like cash, 500 bucks right at the store? You know, yeah, I was shocked. I went to Publix and there was a really long line. I guess a lot of people were buying Powerball tickets or something. So I get to the, the cashier and I said, you might need a manager for this one. I don't know. <laughs> she didn't flinch. And she gets, she, you know, scans the ticket easy amount and just starts opening her drawer and counting out hundred dollar bills i'm like well, all right <laughs> so you scratched it never, in store like, i don't know what it's like to deposit money i haven't earned that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> weirdest thing yeah that's happened i love that you think that you're gonna you're, you're gonna have to get a manager for this because i'm uh i'm big, I'm money big right time here. now i'm more than a and dollar i'm good the lady's like whatever whatever here's five hundred bucks <laughs> Well, congratulations. Oh, <laughs> Wait, that's a good way to start Thank the you. new year. Good way to start. My daily winnie goes to a new auditor by the name of Mary, who also sent us a very nice note about how she likes the programs. And, it, and we make her laugh out loud. Now, I don't know, Jamie, if she's laughing at us or with us. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, she's, and one of the comments she said, and we've heard this from so many people, is that she talks about us a lot. And that, uh, you know, and I often wonder about that because I talk about some of the shows I listen to to people and their eyes glaze over. So I think we're causing a lot of eyes to glaze over around the world. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. again, uh, actually, no, Mary, um, because I don't know her personally, but she was driving past Phoenix and was going to stop in, but then wasn't able to with some previous plans. But she sent Lucas a care package, a oh, little present. Cool. She has longhorns. Oh, really? Mary has like a herd of longhorns. And so she sent she, Lucas a big longhorn. Texas, doesn't she? She lives in yes. Texas, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad you're back to being an auditor. She used to be, but she's not. Then she wasn't, and then now she's back. We must have pissed her off, and now she's coming back. <laughs> well, we do that occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they forgive us eventually. That'd be mostly you that they get mad at, though. I think. <laughs> I don't. I don't doubt it. <laughs> Glenn, I'm surprised that we are doing the show today. And that the horse radio network is not dark. Okay. Why? I 
I feel like this is something. Are you sitting down? You're not like your standing desk, are you? I am at my standing desk. Do I need to sit? You might need to get a chair, my friend. All right, hold on. I'm gonna, hold on. I'm going to knock you down. Can you hear me now? I'm sitting. No. Okay, stand up. It's okay. not worth it. <laughs> um, if you fall, just make sure you take the mic with you so we okay. can hear the crumble. <laughs> crumble, like the last time. Yeah. Right. So, um, <clears throat> Carrie Underwood revealed to her fan club on Monday that she's recovering after falling down in November. She took a hard fall on the steps outside her home in Nashville. She was treated for a broken wrist and cuts. Oh, the wimp. To her face. face. Oh, that's bad. (laughs) That's bad. To her face. She had 50 stitches on her beautiful face. What? And what the hell did she hit? Her quote is, in addition to breaking my wrist, I somehow managed to injure my face as well. I'll spare you the gruesome details, but when I came out of surgery the night of my fall... She was in surgery? She had to go to surgery. She must have just like... She said... She hit barbed wire? (laughs) The singer said she's healing, but quote, not quite looking the same. Oh, don't tell me. My heart is broken. Here, <laughs> she did post a picture. I'm sure you follow her on Instagram, so you can go check her out. Oh, she no, posted a picture right of herself last week with her face covered by a scarf. Oh, well, that doesn't help me. So, wow. You know, do you ever wonder, like Jimmy Fallon, just saying, do you ever wonder when they take these falls, you know, they fall down the steps or they fall at the house, does it ever cross your mind that alcohol might be involved? Especially Jimmy Fallon. Did you Fallon. hear how Jimmy Fallon fell? Well, he's fallen a number of times. But, uh, was there a recent yeah. one? The one Maybe where he they cut- are drinking. The one he talked about with his finger, like yeah. he fell. This is why we don't we don't ride with wedding rings on. Because if you're if you're smart, don't ride with your wedding ring on. It'll get caught in your rain. Yeah. You're gonna fall off or it'll break your finger. Yeah. My student spiral fractured her finger. So Ooh. anyway, he he was walking and he slipped, tripped on a carpet. Like a, a, one of those little throw rugs. No alcohol went, involved. <laughs> I'm sure not. He, he's a partier, I bet. And then went to grab the table, and he the carpets continued to slide, and his ring got caught on the corner of the table, and like, oh, oh. it's called a ring ablation. Don't wear Ugh. wedding rings in the barn, people. Ugh. Ablation yeah. doesn't sound good, no matter what it, it is. It can't <laughs> be good. It can't be good. Can't be good. There's hospital visit involved in an ablation, whatever it is. Yeah. Yes. Like he was in the hospital for like a week because of a finger. I can't believe yeah. Carrie Underwood. Wow. Poor thing. Bless her heart. I'm sure she's, you know what? She's probably going to have this huge scar on her face and like start a trend. Well, we <laughs> right. to, like, Everybody will be out cutting scars. themselves. No, she's we don't like, encourage so that. Pretty. Yeah, I know. She's beautiful. Yeah, as you know, I don't like her at all. I know. I feel sorry. Hey, wait a minute. Jennifer's hey. not on the show. I love her. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. I figured if you have that big life size poster of her in your office right now, you can take like a Sharpie and like slice down her face and do one of those like scar marks, you know? You're mean. All she right. She'll still look good. <laughs> Coming up. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. She'll still look good. Um, we have a guest who was on our shows before. Uh, she has she has written books and uh, actually many books. One of them was called "For the Love of the Horse," and it actually featured Lisa Kelly, who was Ice Road Trucker. Our good friend Lisa Kelly and her horse Sky was in that book. Well, she has a new project, and I wanted to get her on the show to talk about that. Her name is Ann Jamison. J- Ann, how are you? 
I'm great. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us again. We appreciate it. And I love when people come out with new creative projects that are a little bit out of the box. And when I saw yours, it was like, well, actually, yours is in the box. So, um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so tell us first, give, give everybody a Reader's Digest on the books you wrote and what they were about, which kind of leads into what you're doing now. Yes. Yes. My, my books, there are four volumes of For the Love of the Horse, and they're all uh, collections of true stories about horses. And it's really anything to do with horses, whether it's the history of horses, stories about people's relationships with their horses, um, it can be show horses, it can be backyard ponies, anything to do with horses. But they're all true stories, and there's some really amazing stories. What I loved about that those so, books is that you didn't limit it to just the big name horses that you know that everybody's read about that are written by the Boyd Martins of the world or the Charlotte Desjardins of the world. I mean, that's what I loved about this because all of us horse people have a story to tell, right? Absolutely, they sure do. Yeah, and you're out there finding them. So these four yeah, volumes are are still available, right? For the love of the horse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. they are. They're on Amazon. Yep. All right, cool. Because I noticed that a couple of our auditors were looking for new books to read. So there you go. There's four of them for the love of the horse. Excellent. <laughs> so what That's about great. your what about your new project? Tell us what you're doing. Okay, so um, I I was on the verge of writing another book, and then I thought about how many people are on their devices reading today? You know, every time you see someone, they're on their iPhone, they're on their iPad, whatever. And I'm like, you know, maybe I should do something different and, you know, join this century. And um, so I decided to keep doing my stories because I absolutely love researching the stories and I love writing them. It's, it's really fun. And I get to meet amazing people and horses. And um, so I created A Horse in Your Inbox. And what that is, is it's, um, I have a website and people go on the website, they can see sample stories. And if they decide to sign up, they can sign up either to pay monthly or for the year. And every single week they get a new story and photos in their inbox. Okay. That's cool. That's, that's thinking outside the box. So it's basically, you're getting the book in little pieces. Yes. Yep. Uh and you have done some amazing stories. On, you know, you've done stories on on some of the bigger horses we know about, Neville Bardos and Sergeant Reckless, and you know. Uh, but uh, will it also include the story, the the stories of like the Lisa Kellys and those kind of stories as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. And so, how yeah, come you haven't called me to to talk about Scooter yet, my rescue pony? Asking. Well, I'll have to do that. See, yeah, you're going to have Scooter. to do that. Yeah, you're going to have to do that. Scooter's one of the most famous ponies yes, in the I world. He's, his video is now over 10 million views, so you definitely have to He's do that. He's kind oh of a big goodness. deal. He's kind of a big deal, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess so. We'll have to add him to the collection. He would be thrilled, uh, and his head is already big, and it would be huge after seeing his own article. In there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make it huge. <laughs> as most ha hackney ponies are. So now, will you, so this act basically comes as an email then. What is your inspiration for which horses you pick? Oh, well, you know, I talk to a lot of people and I hear about different stories and I, I just choose the ones that really resonate, that people have amazing um, relationships with their horses or their horses have done amazing things. Like 
the very first story I did for a horse in your inbox was about a horse who uh, literally saved his owner's life. And okay, so so hold yeah. on, let me let me stop you, Glenn, because she's talking about a horse that saved somebody's yeah. life, and you're talking about your pony who rolled in a mud puddle and went became viral. famous. Yeah, I think there's a correlation <laughs> there. Actually, I, I do. I, I think there's a correlation. Like there's a little bit of a difference here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's room for all. Yeah, don't tell Scooter that; he'll be pissed. So, <laughs> so uh, well, that's a neat story. And again, how did you find that story? Are these just Facebook or social? Social media, where you're finding most of them? Well, the, that story happened, actually, it was in the barn where my horse lives. Oh, This wow. horse lives also. And yeah, so that's how I found out about that one. So it's basically, but, yeah, it's not I, what I, you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. No, I because I also, I do look on Facebook <laughs> and, and see, you know, and if I see somebody say something about their horse that sounds interesting, then I contact them and say, hmm, yeah, I'd like to know about more about this story. And these are so. delivered weekly then? Yes, okay. they are. Cool. All right. So you go to the website at a horse in your inbox.com and you can find out more of the sample stories there. So you get an idea of the flavor of what, uh, what, you know, what they're all about. Um, I'm on there right now and the place to log in and the subscribe is there as well. I, you know, I'm going to be interested here. Authors have had to really think creatively as artists have too, as musicians have to really think creatively and try and find new ways because basically writing books is not as lucrative as it used to be um you're getting you're getting less per book now than you ever have same with musicians yeah so you know i'm I'm, kudos for thinking outside the box well thank you and good luck with it Uh, and uh, i'll be looking for your call from about uh scooter okay absolutely you'll get that (laughs) just wait on that glenn I'm sure it's coming very soon. Thank you, Ann. (laughs) Is that the website you want us to talk about? A horse in your inbox.com. Yep. Okay. Very good, Ann. And of course, you can find the books for the love of the horse on Amazon as well. There's four of those. Thank you, Ann. And Happy New Year. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you and Scooter. (laughs) because <laughs> that's calling. the last you're gonna she is calling me. she is calling right now my phone is ringing uh-huh look yeah it I'm is sure ringing and is on She's there like, this horse this horse <laughs> ran through a wall to save a baby who was in a fire and you're like what about my pony he rolled in a puddle and he was famous She's like, well this horse donated its bone marrow for the cancer treatment for a child and you're like but scooter rolled in a puddle he rolled in a puddle and he's cute you forgot he's adorable Saved hundreds and thousands jamie, of marines jamie, in the war jamie is picking on your boyfriend uh scooter <laughs> is J- jamie's boyfriend <laughs> and you should be defending him here and speaking up because no because she's not really picking on scooter because he's a sweet little thing she's picking on you <laughs> yeah because exactly it right. is humiliation day and why not all just make it for glenn you do it to yourself <laughs> hey speaking of humiliation before we go to our product review i have a follow-up story Eris Jazz Johnson Merton. Does that ring a bell? Oh, is that that bee who kicked her horse in the yes. show jumping? You remember, this was out at the Hampton Classic on September the 1st. Uh, the video went hugely viral where she did she fall? She fell off, and it was a white horse, if you all remember, right? And she turned around and she kicked the horse. And then we had uh, Jamie went, went off the deep end for about an hour on the show that day. Um, 
I remember, Jemmy, you had a few choice words, which we can't repeat on the air. And Jemmy's not even a horse person. <laughs> so, well, oh, if yeah. you remember right, it went, remember. <laughs> it went to an invest. And by the way, she's the heiress to the Johnson & Johnson fortune. Her first name is not heiress, but apparently every place I've ever seen her name written, it's heiress Jazz Johnson. So when you're an heiress, is it required to put that first, like a title? Like Sir William Fox. Yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's, she's Johnson to Johnson, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, her horse was named Joe Cool. Well, apparently the horse was cool. She was not. So they did an investigation. The USEF decided to launch an investigation, and the verdict is in. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Hopefully, she's gone to. Horsey jail. She's not well, sort of. Uh, the USEF has now ruled that Miss Johnson Merton engaged in unsportsmanlike conduct. No crap. In violation of the Federation's rules, she will be suspended from August the first to the thirtieth of September and has been fined five thousand dollars. So they suspended her for two months over which I thought this was an interesting because you think they would have done it immediately, right? No. They suspended her over the time of the Hampton Classic this year. Yay! So she can't go back. That was really clever on their part, I think. I don't know if that's a rule or if they were just being clever, but I, I like it. Either way, I like it. Um, and if you remember... She, the worst part is the money she's going to have to... I mean, poor thing. How's she going to afford it? Yeah, the $5,000, i am sure that's going to break her and she won't be eating tomorrow. She'll be back mm -hmm. to ramen noodles. Do you think she's ever eaten a package of ramen noodles, by the way? Like the package we buy for 10 cents. Yeah. No. Yeah, Maybe no. as a joke from one of her servants, but not on purpose. Servant <laughs> <laughs> would get fired. <laughs> well, Eris Judge Johnson Merton, you're not going to be kicking your horse in public anytime soon. I had to. That's it. that needs a pathetic loser sound effect again. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we can do that. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. Yeah, she gets that <laughs> many times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break for we have uh, today a product review for you that was done by our auditor, Tara. Jennifer caught up with her about the Ovation Extreme Helmet, and it was uh, provided by Horselovers.com. And of course, uh, we love Ovation Helmets, but let's find out about the Extreme and it's product review time, my favorite part of the show. It's Coach Jen here, and I am with Auditor Tara Tibbetts, who is going to review a product for us this evening. What is that product, Tara? The Ovation Extreme Helmet. Dun-dun-dun! The Ovation Extreme Helmet. So, which one did you get? Black-blue option, and I believe I got the medium-large. <laughs> And it comes in medium, large, or small, medium. Now, when you got yours, was the fit as you anticipated, or was it a little smaller or a little bigger than you thought it would be? As anticipated, um, I previously have had Ovation helmets, so I had a pretty good idea what the fit was going to be like, and this helmet was consistent with the previous. Aha. Uh -huh. And now, tell us all about this helmet. What's it look like? What's it feel like? How did it perform? So it's, I would consider it a schooling helmet. I show hunters, and it's very light, which I like, especially being in Texas in the summertime. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm not a big sweater, so I, I can't really speak to if it has a lot of ventilation, but I didn't feel like it made my head hot. It's got the, the tourney buckle in the back. I'm sure that's the technical term for I, it. Absolutely it, it is. is. <laughs> 
to adjust the size. And I really like that because I am somewhat of a stereotypical hunter girl and that sometimes I do put my hair under my helmet and sometimes I wear it down in a ponytail or a braid. And so the, the adjustability was really nice because I felt like I could get a consistent fit regardless of what I did with my hair. And I do have a horse tail on my head for hair. So it makes a pretty big difference. This, this helmet, does it have the type of buckle at the chin that you can do with one hand or does it have the kind you have to use two hands for? Probably two hands. It's it's the plastic snap-in buckle. Okay. So it, you could do it with one hand. It's easy to take off with one hand, for sure. All righty. So it's it's the plastic one that you see that's very common in helmets in America versus in uh, some European brands have a little metal one there that it's really kind of dicey to try and do it with uh, with two hands, much less one. Yeah, because my show helmet for showing the hunters is a Charles Owen and it's got the buckle snap, like hook snap thing. Yeah. So this one's definitely easier than that. There we go. And the is in the picture on the website, it looks like it has kind of a matte finish. It's not shiny. Yes, that's true. And I like that. I I'm tend to err more towards the conservative look. Mm-hmm. So I like the blue color without being, hi, I'm blue. it's it's a good morning what's your name it's nice to meet you oh by the way i'm blue yes exactly there we go yes and as as expected this is an astm sei certified helmet so you're good to go regardless of what discipline you're in absolutely thankfully i haven't had to test the performance by falling on my head good for you so as far as that goes i cannot speak to that but it's the perfect schooling helmet like i said in texas in the summer it's you know pseudo winter here now and it's just as comfortable as it was when it was hot there we go so this has been the ovation extreme helmet and as we record this review it is available on horselovers.com that's horselovers with a z at the end.com for the whopping price of $74.25. And thank you very much, Tara Tibbetts, for coming on and being our product review person this evening. Dude. All right. I got got in trouble again. You did? What'd you do? Horse lovers, just, I need to not get their emails. (laughs) <laughs> because I get their emails and they're like, look what that's it. It was like a 90% off something or other. Oh, they're still, that's like, still going whatever. on today. I noticed on the website. Yeah, it is. And now they've moved why the thing I purchased a few of to their deal of the day. So they're, Oh, sorry. It's a flash sale today. And it, it's, it's, they're just so pretty and I needed some new fancy ones, Glenn. Okay. I mean, I have, 23 chickens and i only have like 21 saddle pads so i had to buy a couple more <laughs> did you get the equus ones the eos ones that are on there the right now eos ones they have the all-purpose ones which are good for jump pads uh and then i bought some dressage ones too because they're fancy and I need they're like show 15 bucks showing. aren't they they're the ones that have the piping around and look really fancy right they're quilted they're really thick and they're 60 dollars normally 62 dollars and 10 cents normally and they're fifteen ninety nine right now. It was like I had to. Hello. It was like they were free. They paid me to take them pretty much is what I'm going to tell Chad when the big box from Horse Lovers comes again. Yeah, that always works. Um, and, and then 
Um, then the other thing is they have lead ropes. You know, it's just big cotton lead ropes yep. that you use for everything. You even take your dogs around. They have, they're like three ninety nine. So I think I bought like ten because I'm always looking for a freaking lead rope. Like, well, where's the lead rope? Why are these halters have no lead ropes on them? It drives me nuts. So we're gonna have a lot of lead ropes, <laughs> and I bought like all the different colors. Jennifer like, just got a box from Horse Lovers yesterday too. Bell boots and some fly stuff, and yeah, yeah. She got bell boots. Yeah. Dang it. She got bell boots too. Yeah, you can go to horselovers.com, find out what the flash sale is, the deal of the day. They have a whole they have 90% off a bunch of stuff right now. You're in closeouts. Also Ovation, obviously ovationriding.com. Ovation, you know, their helmets, they have many different kinds of helmets, and I don't think we've ever uh, reviewed the extreme helmet. So if you want to find out more about that, we'll put the links in today's show notes directly to this helmet, or you can go to horselovers.com or ovationriding.com and just search for extreme and it'll bring up this particular helmet. It's a very classy looking helmet. It looks kind of almost less like a, a schooling helmet and more like a show helmet, uh, but it's only 75 bucks. So I'm going to give you a preview to the equestrian first of all problems. Do you want that? Yes, yeah, sure. Right but it's one involving ovation helmets. It's it's involving uh, horse lovers and ninety okay. percent off. So okay. um, if you're done talking about the helmet, yeah. I'll just say that um, my student Abby, who started when she was eight, and she's fifteen now, and she's like a Ford. She got signed as a Ford model. She's beautiful, but a lot of the like ninety percent off stuff is only those sizes that they haven't sold. So she, you know, all the time I'm looking, I'm like, oh, breeches for ten dollars. I'm like, nope, yeah, not my size, size twenty four. Yeah, usually a size twenty four. Guess who got six pairs of ten dollar riding pants for Christmas, Abby? She's twenty four <laughs> long. <laughs> I often wondered who wears the 24s. When we had our store, long. when we had our God. store, we when we closed our store finally and sold the business, we had more size 24 pairs of breeches around. It's <laughs> the yeah. one thing we had. But yeah. 24s don't fit her. 24 long fits her. Yeah, she is a yeah. tall drink of water, that one. Yeah. She's a model. They're all <laughs> tall and skinny. Crazy. Well, now all we right. know the one person in the country that wears the 24s. <laughs> exactly. If you have 24 longs in your stores, just all of a sudden tell you where to send them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to do, uh, you know, seeing it as winter. I mean, geez, we're getting snow in Florida. That tells you something. So um, Jen got caught up with Dr. Cubit. You remember Dr. Cubit, who does our nutrition segments a lot. And she got caught up with her about winter forage and what to do about hay and forage forage in the winter. We thought that was more than appropriate. And we're going to be back after that with some first world problems. We're going to hear about Jamie training local horses and how that's going for free. <laughs> and then we have the book. We have what a lot more to come. Go wrong? I'm going to train your horse for free. Nothing could go wrong with that. What you got? What were you thinking? Uh, I needed practice. I'm okay. <laughs> Just, you, you knew better than that. And I'm so happy to welcome to the show Dr. Tanya Cubitt from Performance Horse Nutrition. And it's that forage time of year. Everybody's thinking about what to feed their horses forage-wise, either because it's hard to find and expensive, or they're just going, oh my gosh, it's going to get cold. How much do I need? So today, Dr. Cubitt, which one of those are you going to address? Oh, Jennifer, thanks so much for having me back. And I'm glad to be talking about forage because, as you said, it is that time of year. And we'll kind of touch on a few of those. Um, I know for you down in Florida, it's a big issue because you have to ship in a lot of hay. Quality may not be the best. So we'll touch on 
especially going into the winter time, people are nervous about how much hay am I going to need to take me through the winter time. Um, storage becomes an issue if I don't know how, if I don't have a place to store it. Some people aren't quite sure um, how much they need, if they're going to be able to buy a big lot of it going into the winter time. And one of the big things we have to remember is in most areas of the country, there's no grass. When we get to the winter time, there's no grass growing. There may be snow on it. So the horse is pretty much 100% reliant on you for their fiber requirements. So what does that mean? If we take the average 1,000-pound horse, they should be getting a minimum of 1.5% of their body weight from forage per day. So for a 1,000-pound horse, that's 15 pounds of hay a day. Um, And if we calculate how long a winter may last, this sounds really scary. When I was writing this down, I thought, oh, gosh, five to six months of winter. But it really seems like that's how much winter some people have. Um, If we calculate out the days, so that could be anywhere from 150 to 180 days. So if we times 15 pounds a day by 150 to 180 days, that comes out to be about 2,250 to 2,700 pounds of hay per horse per winter. Most people have more than one horse. So that's a lot of hay. That's a little over a ton of hay per horse. You, when you when you did the math there, I thought because at one point had twenty five horses that I was caring for, oh, and, we, and we made yeah. a lot of our own hay, so you know it was a big deal. But looking back, and you hear that math, I'm going, oh, one horse only a ton a year. That's not bad at all. <laughs> oh, just for the winter time, just for the winter time, and that's a minimum. Um, obviously, if your horses struggle with maintaining weight throughout the winter, you want to make sure that you're feeding more hay. If you have a fat horse, use the winter to get some weight off them. Um, yeah. And just now, I have, I have a cur- I'm a curious curiosity question. Yes. Um, and we have to keep stressing the word minimum because I think the majority of us have horses that um, as soon as the grass dies out, they're not air, they're not air sponges anymore. You know, they have they have very normal nutritional needs and caloric needs when there's no grass. Um, is there an an inherent risk in allowing a horse to have free choice hay, providing that the quality of the hay is appropriate? Um, if if as you say, it's not a need, it's not a just an air fern that is going to look at hay and get fat. Then no, there's not a risk with having free choice hay because if you go back to think about what horses are designed to do they're really designed to graze continually throughout the day Um, a lot of research has shown around 17 hours a day horses would just be constantly nibbling away on grass and that's how their digestive system is also built to have a small amount of food constantly trickling through the digestive system so one thing I will stress is The less you feed your horse when it comes to hay, when you're getting down closer to that minimum, and really if you had your horse on a true weight loss program, you might go slightly lower than that, you really have to use more management strategies because the less your actual quantity you're feeding, you still have to be providing it to them, mimicking that natural grazing behavior. So if I'm feeding um, a horse that gobbles down his hay really quickly, 15 pounds of hay a day, 
uh, in only two meals, he's going to have a lot of time where he's standing around not chewing on anything and probably developing gastric ulcers and other behavioral issues. Whole new headache. So the less you're feeding of hay, the more you have to, whether you're using slow feeder nets or um, you're breaking up your 15 pounds of hay into smaller, say, five lots and you go out to the barn five times and you're throwing in a little bit of hay just so that you can kind of stretch it out. Mm-hmm. The more hay you feed, the less management is involved with providing it to the horse yeah. because they're able to just kind of nibble away at it. Now, this was something I just, it, kind of a light bulb moment the other day. I have, I'm a hay net nut. I love hay nets because I hate to see the horses standing on their hay, but I love to feed my horses lots of hay. And I have one hay net that has teensy-weensy little holes. They're inch and a half, maybe two inches, really tiny hay net, whole hay net. And I have another hay net that's got kind of medium-sized holes. If I make a fist, I can fit my fist through the hole when it's full, but not much more. Huge difference between the one that is the size of a half dollar and the one that's the size of my fist. I can take that same 10 pounds of hay and it will last him 45 minutes in that medium-sized hole net. It'll take him three hours in the teeny-weeny size. That amazed me. Absolutely. Yeah. And those slow feeder hay nets are ideal when you're feeding towards the minimum end of the forage requirement because, as you said, it takes a whole lot longer. And I know, you know, some people might be listening and saying, gosh, who's got time to throw hay into the store five times a day? Well, no, not many people do. Um, Most of us have to have a job to support these animals and this hobby that we have. So um, finding ways that we can still make them fit into our schedule um, by using those slow feeder nets um, uh, is ideal. You can really pack it. There was an article, um, done a while ago in one of the magazines showing a lot of DIY, um, ways to build the slow feeders as well. I Mm -hmm. think I saw one that was pretty cool. Uh, cause some people get concerned, um, that their horses are yanking on it and still some hay is falling onto the ground using one of those big, uh, plastic water troughs the rubber mm, okay. water troughs yeah. and putting the hay in it and then having a piece of mesh that kind of sits on top of it and floats down. So mm-hmm. they're never wasting any of it because it's always in the bottom of the feeder. So that's another option too. Cool. But as I say, the, the, the less you're feeding, the more management comes into it. I've been speaking with colleagues recently saying that we really need to flip-flop the terms hard keeper and easy keeper because from a management perspective, the fat or obese horse is really hard to manage and keep. You're right. You still need to feed them a certain amount of forage to maintain gut health, um, but the less you're feeding, the, the harder it is for us to manage them. But when you've got a thinner horse, you just feed them, feed them, feed them, keep feeding them. Just give them food all the much, time. It's much, much easier. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I really want to stress the main, you know, we've, we've talked in the past about how forage is so very important, but going into the winter time, I mentioned earlier that they're, they're not going to have any grass or they're a hundred percent reliant on you for their forage requirements from a gut health standpoint. But also we have to remember that 
How do you keep a horse warm in the wintertime? The simplest way to keep a horse warm in the wintertime is to feed him hay. I'm sure many of your listeners have stuck their hand in a bale of hay that was baled slightly damp, and it's very, very hot. The exact same principle is occurring in the hindgut of the horse when those bacteria that live back there in the large intestine break down fiber, they create excess byproduct heat. Uh, a byproduct energy, which is heat. So the simplest way to keep your horse warm in the wintertime is to fry them with plenty of fiber because it will keep them warm from the inside out. It's like you having a cup of coffee. Sometimes no matter how many sweaters you put on, you just need a cup of coffee or hot soup to get you warm from the yeah. inside out. And that's going to be the same with your horses. So from the management perspective, um, the weather is cooling off. Is it better to gradually increase your horse's pounds of hay per day over a, let's say, month period of time when cold weather is expected to start? Or is it better to go, okay, I'm going to keep his hay the same because it's really not getting chilly yet. And then Sunday evening, you look at the weather report and it's supposed to have a cold snap come Monday morning and increases hay by five pounds. Ideally, that would be the perfect way to do it, would be that gradual increase. Because in the fall, well, another huge issue that we notice is impaction colic. Because we have the grasses start to dry off, then all of a sudden we think, oh gosh, we've got to feed our horse all this hay now. And we have twofold. The grasses have dried off and now we're feeding 100% or very close to 100% forage coming from this dried hay. So we've got a much drier forage going into the digestive system because remember, grass has a lot of moisture in it and it's cooler weather, so they start to drink less. And it takes a little while for the digestive system um, water balance to kind of level out and yeah, normalize again. Sure. So we see a lot of impaction colic. If you ask your local vet what's the biggest issue they see in the fall weather, it's impaction colic because we have this change in environment and that's affecting the horses twofold. So if you um, like to plan ahead and you have the ability to do that, it, it is a really good idea to slowly build up the amount of hay that you're giving and make sure that your horse is drinking, especially as the, the weather is changing. And I know up here in Virginia, we've been a little bit lucky. We feel like um, it's not quite winter yet because we've had a really warm um, fall. But as soon as that first snap of cold weather comes, we're also going to see that affecting horses um, environmentally. So really make sure that they're while they're also eating plenty of forage and you can gradually build them up to that, that they're also drinking plenty of water to avoid that kind of um, imbalance in hydration in the gut. There you go. Good idea. Don't just go throwing an extra half a bale in there on Monday morning. Mm, yeah. And one more thing to leave the listeners with is a half a bale of hay is not the same as a half a bale of hay. If you get my drift, you have to weigh. Because I go to many farms and they say, well, I've been feeding a half a bale of hay all winter long, or I've been feeding a bale of hay to eat from my horses all winter long, and I don't know why they're losing weight. And you pick up one bale, and it's 40 pounds, and you pick up another bale, and it's 20 pounds. So that's a significant difference 
in the amount the amount of hay that you're actually providing your horse. So get a cheap scale for hay. You can use those uh, luggage scales. Now the luggage can, scales or fish scales are are great. Or Absolutely. Fish scales, yeah. Yep. But it's really good, especially with your 4-H and pony club groups, to get do tests with the kids and really get them to get an idea of what does a pound feel like? What does two pounds feel like? So when they pick up the hay, the, the amount of hay they normally give their pony every day, they're like, oh, this feels a bit light. I might give another flake today because it's a lighter bale. Very good. Uh, yeah, and after a while, if you're careful with that and, and you weigh it every day for a couple of weeks, you do develop a feel for it, don't you? You do, yep, yep, and that's, that's an invaluable skill. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Cubitt, for explaining to us uh, how much our horse needs and why and the best way to do it. Where can folks get a hold of you if they've got more questions or have some uh, nutritional needs that need to be solved? Any more questions, you can look us up at performancehorsenutrition.com on the Internet. Give us a call, email us. We'd be glad to help. Packed up all his buckles, shipped his saddle to his dad. By the way the house looked, she must have took it bad. The workers come on Monday to fix the door and patch the walls. They say she just went crazy the night she got the call. He was up in Wyoming, drew a bull no man could ride. He promised her he'd turn out, well it turned out that he lied. And all the dreams that they'd been living in the California sand died right there beside him in Cheyenne. They say she just went crazy Screaming out his name She ran out into the ocean And to this day they claim That you can go down by the water And see her footprints in the sand Cause every night she walks the beaches of Cheyenne Just her diary by the bed That told about the fight they'd had And the words that she had said When he told her he was riding She said that I don't give a damn If you never come back from Cheyenne They say she just went crazy Screaming out his name She ran out into the ocean 
And to this day they claim That if you go down by the water You'll see her footprints in the sand Cause every night she walks the beaches of Cheyenne Nobody can explain it Some say she's still alive They even claim they've seen her On the shoreline late at night And if you go down by the water You'll see her footprints in the sand Cause every night she walks the beaches of Cheyenne Every night she walks the beaches of Cheyenne That's Dan Roberts' Beaches of Cheyenne And yes, he is the original author of that song I think Garth helped a little bit at the end But he wrote that song and he came on our show We did the whole musical episode with him forever ago and, uh, Did they write actually... it together? Didn't he tell us that? They were like drinking well, beer? Well, and... <laughs> I, I, I can't remember the exact story. I'd have to go back and listen. But I feel like he wrote it and, you know, Garth changes a word or two and gets co-writing credit. That's and then makes it, it a bazillion dollar song. Yeah, it yeah. makes it a bazillion dollars off of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And Dan's all herding cattle. Yeah. (laughs) Which is what he was doing during the interview. (laughs) I love that song. I love it, love it, love it. Thanks for playing it. Um, And Al, you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you today by horselovers.com. And um, we have this little segment that we like to do called Equestrian First World Problems. These are submitted by, I usually put put a call out for our auditors to submit to me their equestrian first world problems. And uh, they did not disappoint again. So let me just go start by saying, if you have an equestrian problem, it is first world. Just getting that out there. And we all know it. So these are our fun equestrian first world problems from horse, the horse radio network auditor group. First world problem. First world problem. Poor Hillary. She starts out with Starbucks put too much syrup in my peppermint Americano this morning. (laughs) Do you Uh, think Starbucks has an entire committee that sits around thinking of names for their stupid cups of coffee? (laughs) <laughs> do they and it doesn't do they like get paid big dollars to sit around and taste and name coffee? I want that'd oh, be a good job. God, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Jemmy, are you there? I'm here. Do you are you a Starbucks girl? Not really. I go up to the counter and I feel like a complete fish out of water. I'm like, can I just get like a medium coffee with some cream and sugar in it? And just be like, a <laughs> they look at you like you're please. weird. You. <laughs> like, regular coffee, much. weirdo. That's twenty seven dollars. <laughs> so I, I quit Starbucks when I went. We had a fi- a financial a- a advisor, assistant planner type thing on one of the radio shows I was on, and he was like. I was drinking a Starbucks white chocolate mocha it used to be my jam because Starbucks opened up. It was like 24 hours went on the way to the radio station and I <laughs> couldn't pass it. So he's like, that's Starbucks. That's what'd you pay for that? I go $4 and six cents. He goes $4 and you get that maybe five days a week. That's 20 bucks a week. Then you've got multiply that. That's 80 bucks a month. And then that's, this. and all of a sudden I was like, Basically, in like two, three years, I was spending $15,000 on <laughs> Starbucks. And I was like, and I'm done. 
<laughs> it's like the addiction has been cut. For if you live <laughs> like, in New England, it's not necessarily Starbucks. It's Dunkin' Donuts. They have them on literally every corner. The, where we lived in our apartment complex, as you drove out to the main intersection, there was a Starbucks on all or, or a Dunkin' Donuts on each corner. All four corners had a Dunkin' Donuts. That sounds like Waffle House in Atlanta. <laughs> there you go. It's probably true. But that, those coffees aren't forty-seven dollars. No, place. no. But peppermint. But shy, then you have to get latte. donuts when you're there, and then did you know? Then you get fat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Chelsea says I have two weeks off school, and the high temp has been the whole time was yesterday at eleven degrees, and next week when I go back, the temps go all the way up to the twenties. <laughs> God, move south, people. <laughs> Chantel, I, I love how actually, she thinks twenties is warm. I like. I know. That. Yeah. <laughs> I know. She's actually not whining about that. No, um, no. She'll be out there in her shorts. This is, by the way, a kind of a, a version. Uh, we had like a subset of whining about cold at the same time of the equestrian first world problems. So it kind of all ties out. Chantel says, "I go back to work today, and of course, it starts to get warmer. I just want to ride." <laughs> Now, then you've got the opposite. Cecilia is like, it's supposed to snow and it's just ice raining. <laughs> ice raining. <laughs> Mona, Mona says the forecast calls for snow and there's no snow. <laughs> she, they both live in the South. <laughs> yeah, they live in the South and actually want snow. Uh, Andrea says, my my boyfriend replaced my broken wheelbarrow, but now I feel guilty about putting poo in it. <laughs> it's all clean. <laughs> I, I've had that. I'm like, oh, I don't want to. No, I don't want to. I don't want to mess this up. Yeah. Uh, Alexis, I ordered a warm, stable blanket, but it hasn't shipped yet and it's getting colder. <laughs> so basically, poor thing, your horse has to wear his outside blanket for inside. Oh, my God. How is he surviving? I bet he's getting made fun of by all his friends. <laughs> <laughs> April, it rainstorm all morning while I was cleaning stalls. Just pouring down rain. And as soon as we were finished and soaked, it stopped raining. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Wheel those wheelbarrows full of poop and then it gets wet and heavy and you're pushing it too oh, much. Oh, yeah. God, it's the worst. Wheelbarrows full of poop through the mud. There's a something. There's a joy right there. That's a Dan Roberts country song right, right. there. I've never heard it. <laughs> That's right. Jemmy, see. Wheelbarrows of Jemmy comes, our non-horse girl, right, who comes and visits Scooter and gives him all the kisses and everything. She doesn't get to experience those things that we're talking yep, about. Yep, I get the fun stuff. Now yeah. I know why people love being aunts and uncles and grandparents. That's I right. I have a kid, so <laughs> I right. have to deal with the poop of my own kid. But this time I just get to give Scooter carrots. I don't have to deal with poop. It's nice. <laughs> well, guess what you're getting for Christmas? A flexing fork. <laughs> And I'll re-gift it straight to Glenn. <laughs> Kimberly says, one of the trees around my arena has grown so much that it blocks the light in my arena. So I only have one third of the lights. Oh, my God. They were cutting that baby down. <laughs> she went on to say that she'd been trying to get her husband to cut it down. And he was like, uh, fine, I'll cut it down. But then she's like, he's going to have to then take forever to cut it down. So I'm going to have to hire somebody. And then after I hire somebody, I'm going to have to hear about how much my horse costs the damn family. So I edited to make it shorter. 
Um, Jill says, I'm trying to time my purchase so I can hide it from my husband, but then I bought a second shipment and now I don't know what to do. (laughs) A lot of that going on this time of year. (laughs) It's my world right now. (laughs) That's really good. Just last night I bought a used saddle, like a, like a Cavallo saddle pad online. And it came and Chad's like, what is this? I'm like, it's a saddle pad. It's for help me with the money stuff and then starting horses. And he was like, don't you have one of these? And I'm like, not that kind. <laughs> <laughs> so to us, saddle pads all look alike. And you it's let's like be honest. Pad. Let's oh, be honest with ourselves. Amazing. You do have 20 or 30. Dude, it's like a $160 pad, and I got it for 40 bucks online. It's <laughs> like it was free. <laughs> um tell that to Mary. the credit card company when the bill comes. <laughs> Uh, Joy says, my boyfriend ruined my Christmas surprise by telling me what it was before I could open it. He got me an Arctic riding skirt. <laughs> oh, they're, you know, the auditors are really getting into those this year. We had that, for those that don't know or new listeners, it's called the Arctic riding skirt. We had them on. They're from Alaska. Weren't they from Alaska? Kinda, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And we had them on, what, a year or two ago, and they swear by those things. People love those things. Yeah. <clears throat> and plus, it gives you like a little feel of like Little House on the Prairie, I'm sure. Yeah, kind of look like Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> but, but I, you know, then they're not cheap. If I remember right, they were like 150 bucks or something. Yeah. <clears throat> but they're like made in her. She has like local people make it. Yeah. Like Inuit it, people. It's a great story. I mean, it was a great really story. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We should have her on again to redo it because I think we didn't have good sound back then. Y- you know, there you're right. You're right. Jimmy, make a note of that. Arctic skirt lady from Alaska. Done. Okay. Done. <laughs> With all the Arctic air. And then continuing on that vein, again, it's the first world problems of cold equestrians. Mary says, the Arctic air blasted me as I was leaving the grocery store. So I grabbed my coat really quick out of the buggy to put it on. And all my horse treats went flying out of my pockets in the faces <laughs> of people coming in. We've all had that happen. You know, I have washed more horse treats. We have more clean horse treats in this house that have gone through the washing machine, and I find them in the bottom. They're all just down there. Dude, it's <laughs> that's so much better, Mary, than, like, dropping your purse in high school and a tampon falls out. Like, that's <laughs> the, the ultimate humiliation as a high school girl, okay? And I've been that guy my whole life. <laughs> Um, Jemmy's not commenting on that one. Did you notice there was no comment on that one? Stephanie says, <laughs> "Thrown off yeah. by the tampons." Sorry, thrown <laughs> off by tampon talk. <laughs> you should know by now that not much is off limits for me. Okay? <laughs> I'm figuring that out. <laughs> uh, okay, um, let's see where were we. Stephanie, and again, if you have this to spend on your horse. It's a first world, okay? I'm so happy my pony is feeling better after the $2,000 vet bill, but, like, it's really going to hamper my quality of life. (laughs) Really? Is it? (laughs) Uh, Stephanie also says that, oh, this poor girl, I don't know how she's making it through the day. The giant enclosed arena is so much colder than the attached heated barn that I never know how to dress. (laughs) I don't want to layers. <laughs> you know She's what though? Guy. Indoors are always colder inside for some reason. You'd think it'd be warmer in there, but it's not. They're always colder. I don't know why. It's like cavernous. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um Carol, we're almost done. Carol, I want a gift certificate during Radiothon, but I don't know what to get. <laughs> 
I'm going to tell you something. You win $50. Jamie can help you with that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's some ES saddle pads on sale right now. <laughs> 15 bucks. You can get like, I don't you know. You can almost many, buy uh, one of those Ovation helmets we did a review on today. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. Um, And then Becky says, vet wrap comes in so many color choices. I don't know what color to order. So I guess I'll get the assorted pack. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Get one of each. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst girl solution to that problem. Jimmy probably understands less than half of what we do. I know. I often <laughs> wonder about that. I often wonder if she's back, back Googling, like, what's vet wrap? It's like the, no, because she, she doesn't care. She's like, so, she's like a, a horse husband. Already, she's like, she's like, ugh, girls. She's a horse <laughs> producer. Show notes, minding my business. <laughs> horse people. Ugh. I have more <laughs> problems. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, ridiculous. All right, thanks you guys for submitting those. If I didn't get to yours, uh, I'll try to save it for next week, or you can resubmit it next week because I'll do this. We do this every Monday, but I forgot yesterday because it was a Tuesday. That's I wasn't right. Ready. Well, now you took on a project. <laughs> Why well, I'm not sure. <laughs> You're, you're doing training because you need to start training some horses because you're doing your Monty Roberts finals exam next month. can't believe that's next month already. Uh, you're doing that next month. While we're on the cruise, you're going to be examining pretty much, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, is that when, when the cruise is? When's what, the cruise? Uh, we're leaving February 12th. Let's so. see here. Yeah, you leave on my last day. Like the final judgment is on the day you guys are leaving. Oh, so oh, you'll have. Oh, we won't even know. I have to. You'll you're have not to text even gonna me. know. Oh my <laughs> Wait, Armageddon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness, you said that so catastrophic. Final judgment. Final judgment. That's right. All you auditors that are on the boat that's going down, you're gonna die wondering whether. <laughs> I passed or not. Okay. <laughs> Jemmy, she loves cruises. Um, she just, <laughs> so that's why she's not going along. Um, as, as Jemmy's planning her, we, we, we were planning our shore excursions yesterday. So so what, what happened? Do you, Don't plan too much. Yesterday you talked about short. a horse you went out to that was like completely unbroken, completely out of control. So what did you have so yesterday? The one, I went, the one I went to see two days ago. So basically I put out an ad on Nextdoor. It's like this little app for your local neighborhood. And I was like, hey, anybody got a round pen and a horse that needs to be started that's never been uh, had a saddle on or been ridden before? And yes, there are people that have horses that would let a complete stranger for free come out and start their horse. <clears throat> I don't think I would, but some people did. Now, the first horse I went to see, nice lady. Oh my gosh. I'm, I love the people in my neighborhood for the most part. The, the first lady was great. She just kind of stumbled onto this horse. It was abandoned at a boarding facility. She took it in. It's four years old, three years old, never been started. And I started to question whether it, ha it was proud cut. Like that was so pushy and aggressive. And then, so we start started. I hey, wait a minute. Hold one. on one second. Do we want to explain that to Jemmy Proudcut? They didn't get all the balls. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was actually one of my two guesses. <laughs> what was the other one? I got to know now. <laughs> Something with the mane. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think it's actually the Vaz deference, but I'm going to go with balls. I'm going to I'm going to just <laughs> simplify it. Um, same area. Yeah, it's all the same area. <laughs> So anyway, so testosterone maybe have been produced and he was just really pushy and aggressive. I'm going to go see him again today, actually, because I just didn't have enough. Um, so then I went yesterday and that horse was supposed to be a quarter horse Arab. And he was like a big giant quarter horse stallion. I mean, there was like literally zero Arab. So this to yesterday, they're like, come see our quarter horse Arab. And I get there and this sucker is 
110% Arabian. <laughs> you, you, you did the video and I went, well, that's an Arabian. And then you said, oh, they said it was a quarter horse. I said, there's no quarter horse in that. <laughs> no, that's I Arabian. actually said that to them. Okay. So I, the way that it started, I was really polite and I was really nice. And this is the nicest couple you could ever imagine. The sweetest people in the world, just not maybe the most horse savvy. So they bought him for the husband who's in his fifties and they bought him as a yearling stud colt and they, they never got papers on him, but they, cause we're going to learn together. We're going to learn together. So uh, no, he, so I walk up and I'm, I introduce myself and I'm talking to him and he has a Southern accent and I'm like, what the hell? You don't have a Southern accent. You, where are you from? And he's like, I'm from Louisiana, man. Like, so what? So you've got somebody Southern from Louisiana that's in Arizona. I'm like, I like him already. So we start talking and I'm explaining like the concepts with Monty and everything is very nonviolent and it's gentle. And I, you know, I, I go to see the horse and my God, this thing is scared of everybody. Everything. I could barely get a halter on it. And just because it was really, really flighty and spooky. And I'm like, how old is this horse? You know, like I'm thinking it's young. Six. They've had it for five years. And I was like, have you ever done anything with it? And she's like, well, uh, yeah, I, I I put a saddle on it and got on one time, but it bucked me off and broke the saddle horn. So I haven't been able to. (laughs) Oops. She's like, and I have a big scar on my leg. And I was like, did you just, you just got on? Like it, but you got as a, as a baby. And then you just, all of a sudden one day just got on. She's like, yeah. So then he's like, I got on too. Uh, after that. Uh, and so they put the saddle on and got on and I said, how'd it go? And he goes, I just sat there for a minute and got off. So he's like, I didn't kick him. And I was like, that's a good thing. Cause you'd probably be in Texas. Right like, anyway. So this flighty, poor little, like scared to death, uh, Arabian, I take it out to the round pen and so he is trying to tell me what I need to do with his horse to cause it to do whatever it's going to do. And I'm explaining, I'm going to start the horse with join up and then I'm going to do the tacking and then, I, you know, some touch of vulnerable areas and then do some tacking up and then I'm going to long line it. I said, hopefully if we get to that, you know, we'll see how it goes. So I'm, I asked, I'm sending the horse away and it doesn't want to leave. It's so scared that it just wants to stand right there. And I finally get it to leave do this beautiful join up and I ask for it to come to me. And he goes, Hey, no, not right now. You need to wave your arms around. That's what makes it come to you. You start waving your arms around. I was like, I don't know what to say. (laughs) Like that, that's not at all how you get a horse to come to you. You start don't wave your arms around anyway. So I, I do this is perfect that the exact up and, opposite of what we usually do. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Chad is Chad is filming because I have to get all this on film for my exam. And the and Chad's like, he goes, he turns to Chad and he goes, I guess she didn't hear me. I guess she didn't hear me tell tell her to wave wave your arms around. And I was like, <laughs> I heard I heard that, but I just chose to chose to ignore, you know. So anyway, um so uh, continuing on. This, I, I get the saddle on the horse and I get him long lining and this sucker is the energizer bunny. This horse needs to be going on doing a hundred mile endurance rides. He was just 
I mean, just not, it doesn't trust, you know, at all. You know, I got him to come to me. I got the saddle on. He didn't buck or anything like that. He's, Cause I guess he's worn one <laughs> before. Uh, he, so he, he didn't buck. It was very sweet. I felt really bad for him. Um, and, and I just, I had to make some notes of some of the things that he said to me afterwards. And again, the, the, they're inc- they were incredibly honest with me and I was incredibly blunt with them. At one point I said, uh, y'all know this is a completely inappropriate horse for you, right? Like this is the, this is the worst possible, like this is the complete opposite of any horse you would need. And he's like, yeah, you know what? It's not really exactly what we thought we were going to get. that's like buying a vw when you really wanted a an f uh 350 yeah yeah yeah. and and those of you with horses you know that if you look at your horse in the eye and you kind of bow up on your horse a little bit it's gonna go away and i so i was telling him like you know when you go to get him and you go to just to talk to him and 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 collect him you know put the holes around like don't look him in the eye because i had seen this and i was like just look look down, be passive, you know, be smooth and gentle. And he goes, man, I don't know. I like looking at him in the eye. They're so pretty. They're so pretty. <laughs> I just like staring right at him in the eyes. And I was like, Oh God. Uh, and so the video that I posted had me longlining him. And the, if you click it, you can hear the audio of me going, wow, that would have been really, really good information a few minutes ago. So what they didn't tell me is that the horse is terrified of, and I don't know how they know this. I don't know why they know this, but the horse is terrified of ropes around him or behind him. Oh, and you were long lining him with the and ropes around his legs. <laughs> I then go to put the long lines on and step away and get him to go long lining. And he just starts a spinning and kicking, just spinning and kicking, spinning and kicking. I'm like, so I had to let go of the lines to recollect them, start over again, spinning and kicking. I finally, after like five tries, again, this is all on video that Monty's going to get um, five tries. I finally get him to like go away. And, and, and after a while they, they start commenting and Chad's hearing all of this. He goes, man, this horse, he's doing really good. He's being really good today. I'm like, um, excuse me. I'm the good one. You know, you always feel like, <laughs> I'm the one who's doing all the work, but whatever. The horse is just gifted today. Okay. I got that. The horse is gifted today. Um, and he goes, he turns to me, he goes, I can't believe you got those lines behind him. I thought he'd kick your teeth in. Uh, <laughs> that might've been good information <laughs> a few minutes ago. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, has anything been done with the horse? Well, we got on him once. Didn't go really good. <laughs> okay. Any like that was the information I was provided. I'm not here to like win a competition. I'm here to help your horse. <laughs> Don't keep secrets from me. Um, and so we get all the way back to the barn and I'm explaining like Monty's methods and the join up and the techniques and everything. And the wife is really listening to me and the guy and he's listening too. And he goes, man, this is, this is the end of it here. He's man. This sure is different. This sure is different than when I grew up. I grew up in Louisiana you know what we do? And I was like, Oh God, please don't tell me. Is <laughs> what we do. We take him out to the bog, bog him down, get on him and ride him. He goes, you know what? That sucker ride home really broke. He goes, you get him really broke. You bog him down in the swamp and then you get on him and you ride him all day. They come home broke. And I go, yeah, or dead <laughs> or you kill him. And he was like, this is why I love their, he goes, 
Yeah, that happened too. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god! Be the alligators. Whatever. We bog them down. Right That's all I could think of was the alligators, up. the snakes, and the leeches. That's all I could think of was those three things. <laughs> Take them to the swamp and bog them down, and then get on them. And this is the thing, you guys. This still happens horse training like this still happens like this guy was like this should that's how we did a home like come on that's what we do so this is the stuff well you know they're not gonna go fast they're not gonna bolt on you in the swamp that is one thing that ain't gonna happen i'm like i'm just kidding i'm just being sarcastic i I know i know I know you are. No, I'm just like, yeah. We just and if you get dumped, you go in water. So that's good, right? It's not except for the alligator, the snakes, and the leeches. You know, except for those three <laughs> things. I was like, did this just happen? Did he just say that after I just spent an hour and a half training his horse in like nonviolent, gentle methods? What we do, we just take him out of the swamp, bog him down, get on him. They'd be fine or dead. And he goes, yep, <laughs> or dead. Like, I love the honesty. <laughs> like, <laughs> so anyway, um, yes, I think that um, dear sweet Woodstock needs to see me again. I think he needs some help. And I think I you should do this them. all over Phoenix every week because it provides excellent entertainment for the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure it'll be. Did really you wear good. your helmet yesterday? I did. Oh, I wore my helmet yeah. yesterday, and, <clears throat> and now what I'm going to do is wear my vest next. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, that kick. little kicking problem they don't tell you about. They didn't tell yeah. me about it. Like, why wouldn't you tell somebody? Hey, by the way, he don't like his back feet touched and definitely don't like ropes behind him. <clears throat> that might be good information for the person that is standing behind your horse with ropes on his butt. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Anyway, it ended well, and uh, I, you know, it, it was fine. A good learning experience for me because I feel like horses that are really s- nervous like that. There's some other things that we can do to kind of get them a little more comfortable before we go off to long lining and all that. But uh, it, it was definitely, it was definitely entertaining. Chad's like, I can't believe you do this. <laughs> like, why? Why do you want to do this? And I think that's my biggest question for like Monty and Mary and people that train horses for people is how do you like, especially for Monty with his methods and his methods are very popular and all around the world. And then you deal with somebody like this who the way they do it is they bog them down in the swamp and hop on them and ride them to death. And, you know, I, I, like, how do you deal, like, how do you deal with clients? I guess would be my question for Mary and Monty and Reese, uh, any of those guys. That right, we always horses. said that the hardest part was of having a big boarding stable was the people. The horses yeah. were the easy part. Horses are easy. Yeah, that you know the hardest part's always the people. Well, there you go. Well, we're excited to hear more stories there, Jamie. Uh, uh, coming welcome. up, yeah. And uh, Jamie will be back here on Friday. We're going to have the book here maybe. for you now. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe she'll be back on Friday. Um, we have the draft horse show tomorrow. So as we do every month on the first Thursday of the month, it was the most popular show again. Episode of the horses in the morning again last month. So people seem to like the draft horse. People come out in droves to listen. Uh, two things before we get to the book, while Jamie's getting the book ready uh i we had a redneck first world problem that you missed this was denise our guest wrangler she said um i spent a better part of an hour yesterday trying to get the round bale unstuck from the bed of my truck and we've all seen them put the big round bales in the bed of your pickup truck and you're driving down the road i always wondered how you get them out 
Well, she couldn't get it out, apparently. She tried everything, couldn't get it out. She was only able to get it out by tying a rope around it, tying the other end to the barn, and gunning the truck motor. <laughs> That's I a red. I think Jeff Foxworthy does a segment on You Might Be a Redneck. Yeah, if You he, Might Be a Redneck. His is, you Might Be a Redneck if you've ever gotten rid of furniture by backing up really fast in your pickup truck and hitting the brakes. <laughs> Well, there you go. The other thing is, I got to thank you guys. Um, the, Apple started coming out with some new statistics on the shows, and it's only for people who listen with Apple devices and certain ones. So it's a very small subset of our listeners. But one of the statistics that we've never, ever, ever had in podcasting before, and Jamie doesn't even know this, is how long people last in the show. Do they listen to the whole show or do they bail out after 10 minutes? Right. And one of the things that we discovered on Horses in the Morning, and this is interesting because there are a lot of podcasters that believe you can't do over a 10-minute show once a week. Nobody's going to listen more than that. There's a lot of podcasters that believe the maximum length for a show should be 20 minutes. We do an hour and a half, five days a week. So we're kind of violating all those rules. Uh, People have made our retention rate, and I was shocked by this. I don't know if I told Jimmy this yet. Our retention rate is 88%. That means 88% of the people who hit play finish the show. Man, that's awesome. Good. Which I thought was, Jamie, you know a lot about statistics and podcasting. That That's high. <laughs> that's... Hey, are there any spikes either way on Wednesdays? Like, do I tank the show with my um, <laughs> I didn't. Show I really didn't notice any difference up. either way. So <laughs> They're like, oh, it's the lottery winner. Yeah. Today. <laughs> You're bragging again. <laughs> I'm winning so so I got to thank you guys, you know. <laughs> If you're oh, listening, Rich. you're listening. Boy, you hang in there till the end. And uh, I was shocked. I really was shocked that it was that high. Because so. all the good crap happens at the end. They That's, right. That. That's right. That's right. Do they have stats on how many people skip the beginning? Do you know what? <laughs> Re- you know what? Friday was 92%. And that's because of really bad ads, I think. People are staying to the end of really bad ads on Fridays. So it was a little bit higher on Fridays uh, than it was the other days. But yeah, so thank you all. We appreciate you. So we are going to do a book now, aren't we? Isn't that that time? Chapter 15. It It seems like we're like almost halfway through. First of the Cat and Wright mystery series written by Lisa Wysocki. It features Cat and Wright, a Tennessee Appaloosa horse trainer, Darcy Whitcomb, teenager with a trust fund, Bubba Henley, a budding juvenile delinquent, and John Gardner, a mysterious barn manager. And of course, there's Sally Blue. Thank you to the publisher Cool Titles for allowing us to read this book. If you want to read ahead, all four books in the series are available in stores and online everywhere or at lisawysaki.com. Chapter 15. We hopped into Adam's Jag and sped up River Road, crossed the river, and dropped into Ashland City. There weren't all that many places to eat in our illustrious county seat, but we drove past them all just for the heck of it. Finally, Adam settled on one riverfront restaurant back on the south side of the Cumberland. The new bridge was getting a lot of use today. The restaurant had just opened for lunch, but Adam charmed them into whipping up several stacks of pancakes for us. Even though I was still somewhat uncomfortable around Adam, it wasn't every day a girl got to eat brunch with a real live soap opera star. I wish I had taken the time this morning to tamp down my unruly hair and add a bit of lip gloss, but Adam didn't seem to notice that I was not made up like a Hollywood starlet. If he did, he was a better actor than I'd given him credit for. After settling in at the quiet table next to on the river side of the restaurant, we started talking about Glenda. But as often happens with people who don't know each other well, we ended up discussing ourselves. 
of all the professions in the world, how did you get to be a horse trainer? He asked. Well, this was disappointing. People usually ask that sooner or later, but I had expected something more original from Adam. It's not as if horse training was the most unusual profession in the world, not as unusual, say, as writing songs, but people think of training horses as exotic and glamorous when in reality it's simple dedication and hard work. Plus, I like what horses taught me about myself. Horses mirror your every thought and emotion back to you. I was your typical horse crazy kid who kept on pursuing her dreams when she grew up, I said. It was my standard answer. I didn't go into the I'll die if I don't get to ride every day mindset that had dominated my teens and still did. Instead, I added, it was interesting to me when Opal said her mother died when she was 10. My mother had breast cancer and died when I was eight. So unfortunately, I know what it's like to grow up without a mom. We sure are a bunch of motherless people. My mom died when I was nine, said Adam. Car wreck. I survived. She didn't. I turned to music, but England and Glenda convinced me that acting held better prospects. And I tried it for almost 15 years. But as you probably know, he said with a wry smile, I wasn't very good at it. Now that he mentioned it, I remember Glenda saying how disappointed she was that Adam had not inherited the family knack for acting. Or maybe I mused he had. After my mother died, Aunt Glenda raised me, Adam continued. So when I finally got smart enough to leave acting for the actors out there, I came here to Aunt Glenda. As you know, I've been staying with her for a while. I've been getting back to my music, but the songwriting is coming along real slow. Nashville is a tough town for those of us who are trying to break into the music business. Now the details were clicking into place. The Times had featured Adam when he moved here last summer. I remember the article had included a section on Glenda's younger sister, Adam's mother, Amy. I'd forgotten that Adam had been in the car crash with, it, with her when, when it crashed. How horrible that must have been. I know how awful it had been for me to lose my mom at such a young age, but to be with Amy when she died in such an abrupt and tragic way would have been terrible for young Adam. The article also included some juicy gossip about how Amy had never married, and it was rumored that Adam's father was Jacob Katz, who was at the time the very married head of the top motion picture studio in Hollywood. According to the article, Amy Dupree had followed Glenda to Hollywood and had been enjoying some success on her own, in addition to being a well-known as a party girl. I did some quick mental arithmetic and figured Adam must be 35 or 36. Enough with my life or lack of it, he said as he signaled the waitress to bring more coffee. Now it's your turn. I told him how my mom and dad met near the 101st Air Force Base in Clarksville. They were introduced by mutual friends at a dance, I said. After my dad left the service, they moved to his home in Chicago, and I was born just after they moved. Even as a kid, I could tell my mom and dad loved each other above everyone else, and I always thought that that was so cool. It really gave me a solid foundation. When mom died, dad was devastated. Let's just say he had a hard time coping. He spent more time at the corner bar and less and less time with me. When human services found me, I'd been completely on my own for more than a month. I didn't look at Adam as I was telling him all this. This wasn't a story I told many people, and I was never comfortable with the telling. Somehow my maternal grandmother learned I was going to be put in foster care and she came to get me. She lived in a tiny town between here and Memphis and I couldn't have had a better place to grow up. Everyone knew everyone and no one locked their doors. My grandma was this great Southern lady. She was everything to me, but just after I graduated from college, she had a massive heart attack and died. Grandma left me everything she had. I sold her house, bought the farm and well, here I am. What about your dad? Adam asked. Do you ever see him or did he drop off the face of the earth? 
I smiled and shook my head, just as I always did when I thought of my father. He pops in every now and then, I said. I had learned over the years to be cautious about my dad, even when speaking of him. In a way, he's like the proverbial bad penny that shows up unexpectedly every now and then. But there's also a vulnerability that endears him to me. He's one of those people that you can't not like. He's, there's just not been much structure in dad's life since mom died, I added. He floats from place to place doing odd jobs or he has lengthy visits with old friends. Well, you certainly are a credit to your family, such as it is. You're doing very well, I hear, Adam said, leaning intently across the wide table. Tell me about it. Tell me what true success feels like so I have something to look forward to. The gleam I had noticed when he welcomed me into his office and the, day, the other day was back in his eyes, intensifying the sky blue of his irises to aqua. It isn't winning the national world championships as much as the work leading up to it, I replied after thinking about it. I remember the little things like how our halter mare, Sally Blue, was allergic to any kind of fly treatment, even the new organic kinds. We had to douse her the entire season in vinegar and water to keep the bugs away. And when she won her halter class at the world show, we all doused ourselves with Sally's vinegar. We smelled so bad. That's the kind of thing I remember more than the nervousness of waiting for the results to be announced or the cheers of the crowd or all the hard work. And then there's the people. I love my clients. Well, most of them, I added. Doc Williams fixed a broken arm for me in college and ended up being my first client when I set up shop. He's such a dear. And then there's Agnes Temple. She's the most annoying woman in the universe, but has such a good in her heart that you can't help but love her. She's like a little kid in many ways and gets so excited about the shows and the classes. She's past 70, but she makes it all so much fun for all of us. I can't imagine doing this without her. Or Darcy, my youth competitor. In a lot of ways, she's like a little sister. And I can't forget the horses. It's such an honor for me to work with such wise animals. Every time I walk into the barn, I learn something new about them and about myself. So, I said, steering the conversation back to him, when you finally get a song cut, you won't remember the overall success of the song as much as how the song came to you, where you were, what color the sky was, and how much you loved the people you were with that day. To me, those are the true measures of success. Adam stared at me with a bemused expression. Hot damn, it was a handsome one. We locked eyes, and it was several seconds before I could turn away. Oh, gee, I mumbled, look at the time. It was an easy out from a moment that could have led to so much more. A shrink once told me that my mother's death caused some abandonment issues, and that's why I couldn't stay in a relationship for more than three seconds. But I truly was shocked at how much time had passed. We'd been sitting there for much more than an hour. Murdered neighbor and missing kid aside, I had work to do. Horses to ride. We hopped back in the jag and Adam whizzed me a few miles back to my truck. As he drove away, I was surprised to find a smile on my face and I thought I might have to revise my opinion of Adam Dupree as a shallow party boy. I just had a perfectly nice time with a perfectly charming man. I returned home to find John erecting a jump across the front of the driveway, not too far from the road. He had pulled two standards and three 10-foot ground poles from the outdoor arena and was creating a barrier to the television trucks who were parked along the side of River Road near Fairbanks. Damn guy from the Fox Network showed up in the barn all with a camera, he offered an explanation. He turned this thing on, lights and all, and Gigi about jumped through the roof. I told him if he didn't leave the property immediately that Mason Whitcomb would sue his ass to kingdom come. Good to know that Darcy's dad's name still carried that much weight, I thought. Now if he would actually spend a little time with his daughter. I offered to help, but John tilted his head towards the house, and I saw two police cars parked near my door. John led me through the barrier, and I found Deputy Giles on my porch with a search warrant. He had not the grace 
he had the grace not to meet my eyes when he handed it to me. I stood in the doorway, stunned, while he and a slimmer counterpart rummaged through my home. When they left with several items in opaque evidence bags, I didn't even have the energy to ask what they had found. Mm-hmm. 